0: we are live hello hello welcome everybody welcome to another episode of strong tea i'm katie i'm vicky we are joined today by our our first international guests which i'm very excited about and i'm not going to introduce them yet because i'm gonna let vicky do that but first what i'm going to do is tell you a little bit about strong tea now strong tea is the love child of vicky and myself we started this over a year ago now, and we have done some incredible episodes, even so I do say so myself, mm-hmm. um, on all sorts of topics. Things that are taboo, things that people stick their head in the sand over, and things that are sometimes controversial and people just shy away from talking about. We want to get in there, we want to educate ourselves, and we want to educate other people. We want to bring these conversations to the table. Now, before we go any further, the important question is, What are we drinking today? And I'm going to open the floor up to our guests, Tyler and Cliff. So first off, I'm going to go with Tyler. What are you drinking today, Tyler?
1: H2O.
2: Nice. 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 Clean, clear. I like it. Still? Still or sparkling?
1: Still. Although I do like sparkling, especially while traveling, but it's not as big over here. So you're
2: pretty, pretty posh when you travel, then if it's sparkling. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You got to feel like you're out. (laughs)
3: Somewhere. Ow, ow.
2: <laughs> ow, ow. <laughs> um, and cliff what about you
3: i'm drinking yogurt
0: oh is it this no, is i'm the gonna be getting <laughs>
3: my probiotics
0: <laughs> that's a first for us we've never had anyone drinking yogurt on the show yeah. so you know it's it's a good start you you're setting you're making waves i like a it Good accolade yeah love nice it. <laughs> um and because of the time of day we are recording because it's midday over there for you guys right and it's no. about it's it's evening time for us. So Vicky, what are you drinking? I'm guessing a nice a uh, nice delicate
2: herbal number. Oh, you know it, sister. So oh. that you know you bought me loads of shibui. I did. Tea. I did right. So I've got chamomile and citrus, which is really mm. nice. And considering it's got no caffeine in it, I, I could, th- yeah, it's quite addictive. I like it. Thank
0: nice. You. Yeah, That's a nice You camera. are welcome.
2: Yeah. I am
0: so excited about my tea. I finally got some January sales. T two hot um, cross bun tea, nice Cliff Tyler. Have you ever had a hot cross
2: bun?
3: No,
0: oh my goodness. I am wondering if we can get some through customs and get them to you. They must, they, they are <laughs> like,
2: um, it's well, how would you explain it? It's almost like a Cinnabon, yeah, but without
0: all the already, icing you already got
3: me. That's all you needed to
0: say. Yeah? I
1: love buns, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's pretty much like I that. I know that
1: song, Hot Cross Buns.
0: That's the one, yeah. Yes, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it tastes exactly like them and I'm living for it. So um, I'm just going to be over here drinking my um, Hot Cross Bun tea
2: whilst you do the introductions. That's Good job. Amazing. Okay, here we go. So our quick brew episode about bullying was a bit of a precursor to this recording. And after meeting Tyler, we were so excited to be doing a bit of a collaboration on the topic, um, and more so because we were going to be introducing our listeners to these two wonderful humans who we have as our guests today. So Tyler Copenhagen heath and Clifford Sparks are the hosts of the incredibly powerful podcast Bully This, A Hero's Journey. And from the very first episode, I was blown away. Um, Cliff talks so openly about his experiences of bullying and you both discuss the journey that can start from someone who's been bullied and that's the whole ethos behind the podcast as you talk to incredible individuals who have overcome bullying and become inspirational in their own right and without fangirling too much, without a doubt, you and the podcast are making a difference for kids and grown-ups alike. Um, so without further ado, Clifford and Tyler, tell us your stories and why you decided to set up Bully This uh, podcast.
1: Yeah, maybe I'll tie into that uh, to start. And it's it was a little bit of a saga. And, you know, anybody interested in the bullying topic, I highly suggest a documentary on Netflix called um, um, Bully. And it is basically uh, following kids around as a documentary and what happens to these kids on a daily basis. And I saw this documentary and I was just like floored and sick to my stomach, you know? And then like, I think I've become, I've come to this new conclusion in life. If something hurts on a different level, like you're like, this is a new pain or like, this is a special pain. Then like, I think that's the world telling you to do something about it. Mm And so originally, like my idea was like I was going to. So Cliff and I met at a mixed martial arts gym, and we've been training partners for a long, long time. Cliff was in the UFC, um, and and he's an incredible example of the guys at our gym and everything. Not only is he one of the toughest people in the world. But he's an amazing human being, right? And so he is a, a key point of somebody that goes from bullying to would never be bullied again. But he's not a bully himself in his, you know, um, uh, adulthood. And I'll let him weigh in on how that's affected him. Um, but you know, kind of going from that podcast or excuse me, that documentary. And then, um, wondering what we could do to help. And originally I was like, you know, what? I had just sold my last company. I'm like, I'm just going to fly out and ride the bus with these kids and make sure nobody bullies them. You know, I was like, that's serious. And then I like, okay, well maybe we should get them involved with a mixed martial arts gym. Like Cliff and I are into, cause that's such a community and there's actually really nice people there. And then it would kind of went to like, you know what? That's not everybody's thing. Mixed martial arts isn't for everybody. So I actually used some loose connection and started reaching out. And I was like, well, maybe we could get somebody kind of famous in music and like band together, find people, community. And I wasn't far off the topic, but it was hard to kind of put all that together. And so then Cliff and I started talking. And I'm like, what about a podcast? You know, we'll interview people that went from being bullied to now they're successful. Cause part of it is like, you need to see people that have done it, you need to have people that you can understand that have been there. And persevered through it because otherwise those youth years can feel like the entirety of your life. And that's the most dangerous part. So we really focus on getting incredible humans that were bullied. You know, we talk a little bit about that. We try not to focus too much on the sad stuff other than enough that the kids can kind of understand it. Um, And then we move right on to like the amazing stuff that they've done. And just to weigh in a little bit on this, the more I do around this subject topic, you know, I I work a lot with trying to bring um, unlikely entrepreneurs from poverty, you know, and a lot of that times that's like a similar issue. And the number one key indicator, or one of the biggest uh, arguably is adversity people that overcome adversity it's a strong indicator than a high iq for success so my point has always been with this show you know who we need these kids to make it through because adversity is gonna is going to build amazing humans and we could have you know the next you know person that cures cancer the next michael jordan the next you know and cliff and i talk about this all the time untapped potential, but they need to be able to get past those youth years. So I'll let Cliff kind of take it from there. Yeah, no, I I
3: mean, that was brilliantly said, Tyler. And uh, when we speak on adversity, I I had adversity very young. And at the time, I wasn't necessarily grateful for it. But when I got on the other end, I was extremely grateful for it, because I was conditioning my mind in a way that I didn't know that I was doing. You know, you go through the process and you look back from the process and go, holy crap, this, this, and this created this. And I look at people, we are so capable. You know, I I say I'm a dream chaser and a a dream creator. And greatness starts with seeing it in yourself first and then seeing it in others. And this is, um, I I love that you, you attack taboo topics because we all have them. That's the funny thing. Like the more I talk with people, they're telling me their stories and they're afraid to tell their stories because, well, this is what the society says. So since the society says this, and I'm like, uh, no, the society does not determine who we are as an individual. It helps, it can guide, it can create boundaries, but know the individual and know the society. And then we're going to work better together. We're going to dance better together. Um, and so, yeah, I'm on a mission to create that. Uh, I know Tyler's done amazing things with his business, his up and comings, um, and he had his own low points and he created propelling points from those low points. And so, yeah, when he mentioned wanting to do a podcast, I was down because I was down with my teammate. That, that's what he is, he's my teammate. And when he said, hey, I wanna try this, I'm like, well, let's try it, let's see what happens. <laughs> And we get to create amazing experiences. So this is where we're at.
0: (laughs) I think what you guys are doing is amazing because Mm -hmm. bullying is such an issue. And Vicky and I talked about this at length on our quick brew um, and talked about experiences that we both had. And it wasn't just through school. Um, You know, I experienced it in my adult life as well. And, you know, it took getting to a certain point to go, oh, that's what that was. Yep. And realizing that you're a better person and that you can grow from that, like you've just said, but why do you think and I think everyone's got a slightly different answer to this, but why do you think people bully? What do you think the catalyst is for people becoming bullies?
1: Clip, I'll let you take that first, yeah,
3: um, something inside, and when I mean something inside, there's something that's that's missing um. Mm-hmm. I know my passion is to teach people how to love. Like, that is what I do. And I coached one of my bullies from back in the day. It was strange to say the least. I'm like, is this really happening? Yes, it is. And back then, I couldn't have known what it was, but people feel they're missing something because there's no reason to bully someone if you don't feel you're missing anything if you feel whole, if you feel complete, it doesn't make any sense to do. You don't even feel comfortable doing it. So that's my answer.
2: Can I just ask a question around that? Um, sorry, Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's you saying that you coached uh, the person that bullied you
0: mm-hmm.
2: from that experience. Do you now see bullies as injured people themselves that need help or is there a line where you just think you're just a bad person?
3: I am, that's a great question. I am continually learning on my journey. And what I mean by that is I I don't want to go into the realms of good and bad. I want to go into the realms of possibility. I had a bully and I'll, I'll share a really quick story. This was at our gym and he was bullying one of our guys. He was hurting one of our guys. And I literally, I can feel it. You can feel the change in my voice and my reflection. It's important to me. Mm-hmm. And I sat there and I thought about it. And I'm like, do I teach this person a lesson? Or do I like, I, or do I just let the fact that I talked to him be enough? And I'm like, no, he's gonna learn a lesson and he's gonna learn it today. Mm-hmm. And we went to start sparring. And what was so interesting, I started lightening up. So it's called pulling a punch and pulling a punch means you're not driving through your punch. You're pulling them. So they're not hurting the person as much. And I had to start pulling my punches because he was running into my punches. He was running in aggressively to my punches. He was basically beating the crap out of himself. And I'm like, dude, what is wrong with you? You're so angry. And he just unloaded about all the crap that was going on in his life and his family dynamic and his brother and his mom and his dad. And the only thing I could think of is, I go, look, I am sorry all of that happened, but look what you're doing in the ring. Look Mm -hmm. at what it's causing. You're bleeding everywhere. And I actually had to stop punching you. Like I came in angry with you. But then I had to let it go because you were being so aggressive, you were going to hurt yourself, literally hurt yourself, and you didn't care. And we became very close after that. And he ended up getting therapy after that. And he thanked me. Mm -hmm. He goes, if it wasn't for you listening to me, I would have never done this. Thank you. And he's in a better place now but still I'm a human going through the process. Yeah. So even talking about the story, I can still feel the story. I just use my feelings as effectively mm-hmm. as I can for myself and for others. I don't make it, well, it's my individual responsibility to beat up bullies. Mm-hmm. It's my individual responsibility to be my, my best, my very best for myself and everyone else around me. And I'm constantly learning how to do that better. Cause I'm never going to get it perfect every single time. I'm a human being going through a human experience.
1: Yeah. I, I want to add something to that too, because, um, number one, I want, uh, a lot of people have never been in an MMA, MMA gym. Um, so I want them to understand that like gym dynamics for the most part are completely, Opposite to what you would think. They are some of the nicest, amazing people that you would ever meet. You know, if I missed a, um, a training session, I got uh, 10 text messages. Cliff and I are like brothers. We have a couple more friends that are always there for you, you know. And so it's not a common dynamic in the gym to solve a bully problem, even like Cliff's saying. But the thing is, in a gym, it is different environment and you are there for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm. So Cliff would never solve that bully problem on the streets with his hands, mm-hmm. but you're in the gym and the gym, actually the etiquette around most gyms is they don't like bullies either, right? A lot of the yeah. people that are in those gyms were bullied growing up. Most of the fighters actually were bullied growing up. And so it is a big no, no to be a bully in the gym. You're there to learn. You're there to help people. You're not there to hurt people. Um, you're hel- there to help people get better. And so I just want people to know that actually the MMA gym is a very safe environment to, to meet amazing people in a community, um, and, uh, and kind of overcome some of those bully, you know, battles you have mentally and while you're getting stronger and learning. And, you know, like once you learn how to fight, it is like having a loaded weapon, you know, and you have an obligation of society to be the bigger person because, you know, night and day, the difference, I don't care who they are when they walk in that gym, they don't know what they're doing, even if they thought they were the toughest person on the planet.
2: Following on from that, Tyler, because I know when we we first met, we talked about bystander intervention, so people who witness bullying and what they do. And it sounds like the MMA gym is really collegiate. You've got such a a community there that someone would step in. And we talked briefly about um, Kitty Genovese, which is used as a really um, kind of powerful example of uh, Kitty was a young woman who was walking to her New York apartment and she was stabbed on her doorstep. 25 people heard and saw, but none of them called the police because they all thought someone else was going to do it or it was none of their business. And as a result, she died. Yep. And we talked about yep. that impact of people feeling it's not their responsibility to intervene, or they're too scared to, or they're just, you know, yep. someone else will someone else will, will do it. And I don't want to look stupid. Explore that with me a bit more with bullying and your kind of experience or your views on how people should intervene
1: with bullying oh i got so much here because this is like the antithesis of um what bullying is and what we've learned in our immersion through it because what we thought was bullying and what we actually learned from it it changed me and the way i look at the world really and i am adamant about this we call it a sheepdog and it's from the uh american sniper movie um uh bradley cooper plays um cliff do you remember chris kyle Uh, I don't remember. I remember the
3: story, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so in one part of the movie, the the dad goes, um, there's um, wolves in this world. There's sheep in this world. And there's sheep dogs in this world. The wolves attack who's weak. The sheep are weak. And the uh, sheep dogs look out for those that are weak, basically. And it, it kind of, to me, it always said it's bullying, right? We have bullies, we have people that are bullied and we have these innocent bystanders and they have the most power in the situation, hands down, because you are not emotionally attached quite to the situation yet. So you can see something that most people don't. And the bully gets its power off riling up the crowd, off that energy. There's something like, like Cliff was saying, they're missing at home. There's so much mm. more going on in their life. They want to feel something else and they're feeling that bullying. But guess what? If it's not cool to do, do it, They don't do it. So the most important person is that is that uh, um, sheepdog. And in relation to groups think, which I've been involved with a lot, I I told a story one time um, on our podcast about walking upon a guy that was going to jump off a building. um, And the whole crowd almost murdered me about 300 people because I was the one person yelling in the crowd. Don't do it you know, do not jump. You're going to hurt yourself, you know? And so the whole crowd's riled up. It's part of this big party scene. They're saying, do it. You know, the guy crawled back in and the the crowd damn darn near um, mobbed me after that. But I would also decide who you want to be in life. And I'm, I know who I am very well. I practice my own mental scenarios. I am not the guy that is going to watch somebody get stabbed in front of me. I guarantee that I'm involved in that situation and not because I'm a superhuman being because I'm very aware of what group speaking is, group thinking mm-hmm. is, um having awareness and being a sheepdog. Mm
0: just wanted to touch in on that because obviously we're on a podcast so people can't see you but you um are not a mild or meek looking chap um you look quite tough and so if you were to wade into a situation and say you know hang tough don't you're not gonna bully this person you know I can imagine someone totally listening to you like for me like to wade into a scenario You know, it's quite, it can be quite intimidating, I think, can't it? And I I wonder, you know, I suppose there's so many people out there that maybe might see something happening and want to do something, but are intimidated by the scenario and maybe can't.
1: Yeah. You know, there's times in life for, um, to be the perfect messenger, right? And I think that comes in all shapes and sizes. Sure. My, I mean, I'm 220 pounds. Cliff and I have been training for a long, long time. You know, I love to lift weights. I, you know, like I, I have a lot of things about me that give me confidence, you know, but I wasn't always that way. I was, you know, a skinny kid in my youth, you know, um, but I I think it's not necessarily about being big and tough, you know, believe it or not, I still have bullies to these days, you know, like we're going to tell some stories in our new season coming up. I get bullied still. 220 pounds, you know, like trained MMA for a long, long time, you know, like, and I'm a nice person, you know, I still have bullies in life, you know, and so, um, and like Cliff said, it's always the, then it's the idea, okay, do I feed into this? Am I allowing somebody else to get bullied by not stopping it? Or is this something where this person really just needs to hear, turn the other cheek? Hey, dude, are you having a bad day? You know, like, and you know, can you turn it on its head? It doesn't matter if I'm 150 pounds or 300 pounds of muscle, you know, I can say, Hey dude, are you having a bad day? You know, like, is there something going on? You know? And like a lot of times this deflection, you know, in in my experience, it doesn't matter where it comes from because caring people, a lot of times bullies need caring. Right. So mm-hmm. Cliff can probably elaborate on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Confidence. Um,
3: I, I love how you mentioned confidence. So, We run on energy, we always do. Um, I'm very good at smiling and showing a big personality because I don't want people, oh, big black guy, I don't know, like, I don't know. Uh, but then there, there's women who will show like this look, this solid stone face look to say, don't mess with me. And I love hearing people's stories because there's reasons why everybody does what they do that's the beauty of the game is everybody has a reason for why they're doing what they're doing so when we can look at it that way and really look at the scenario and say well why are they doing what they're doing curiosity it it literally opens you up to be you and opens them up to be them yeah, uh, yeah. so as I as I go through my my process I know, there's not necessarily a zero-sum game because we're taught to have this zero-sum game. I win, you lose. I got to do this. You got to do this. Well, think about it in a UFC scenario. A high-level fighter doesn't just want to beat a guy up. He wants to see where he's at. He wants to understand himself. He wants to figure out who he is, win, lose, or draw. It's so much deeper than just getting a win. And Uh, I was talking with one coach and I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it's collaborative. And he goes, how's that collaborative? It's competitive. I go, that's perspective. It's two people signing up saying, Hey, we have agreed to engage in this and see what happens when we engage. That is a collaborative effort. It would be a competitive or a dangerous effort. If, One person didn't know the rules and the other person did know the rules. And he's like, I have to win no matter what. And I think we don't go into the layers enough of why, why is such and such thinking this way? Why is such and such doing this? Mm -hmm. And I started learning that as I transitioned from a competitive athlete to an entrepreneur, because people think they know who I am without asking any real questions. They're like, oh, was it because your dad left? No, <laughs> not even a little bit. Like I fought because I wanted to share a message with people, and I felt it was a great it was a great platform for me to share a message, and the message is to love one another. How how is fighting? How can you punch another human being and talk about love? Well, you're taking two fighters who are agreeing to train in a highly disciplined and respectful way as professionals. We're professional athletes. We're not thugs. We're not people. Like I'm going to show you how big and tough I am. So some of it's entertainment, right? But look at them in the back, in the, in the, uh, locker room, and they're getting along with one another and respecting one another cause they know the blood, sweat, and tears both sides have gone through to even get on that platform in the first place. That's not an easy platform to get on. And so whenever I see one of, that's me seeing my fellow brothers and Mm -hmm. saying, I I see the work you put in. I see what you've done. And just as Tyler was talking about adversity, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're going to be pushed in life. I was just telling my wife this. I'm like, look, Ben, I know life gets hard. I get it. And the crazy thing, it only gets harder. That's the funny thing. Because the further you go, the more crap you're going to have to put up with. What Tyler did was a leadership move Mm -hmm. to say, okay, I know the society is saying this, but I know the consequence. So for for everybody to feel comfortable for 15 effing seconds, Mm -hmm. instead of saving another human being's life, I know what I need to do. And I'm going to do it regardless of outcome. So of course I was gonna get on a podcast with a person as strong as that. That's called an iron will to say, I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do, despite what the society wants to feel or think in the moment.
2: I think what you guys are doing is absolutely smashing that stereotype type and that ceiling by allowing a whole new perspective with what you're saying with you know with the fighting and how you have that psychological unwritten contract with your opponent a lot of people won't think like that a lot of people won't put the blame down to society and what we've all had to grow up with because that is just what we know instead of searching for their own values and searching for who they are in order to give them that power to be themselves. And like you said, they're so busy worrying about standing out that they fear standing out and therefore they're not going to do the right thing. But what I think, what what I'm really interested in, obviously you've had um, childhood experiences, Cliff of bullying, which you cover in the first episode, which absolutely loved that first episode. It was, it was really raw and Tyler you said you know you were you've been bullied even as an adult now and it does vary for me it feels it stings a bit more when i've been bullied as an adult but do you think bullying is i don't know in today's standard do you think it's getting better worse or just changing
1: it's you know education and awareness is everything and that's why we focus so much on this podcast and i know we're today we're talking about a lot about the gym a lot about mma that doesn't almost exist on our podcast I, you know, because the common, you know, way to solve these issues, you know, the Saturday afternoon is punch them in the nose, right? Cliff and I are never telling people to punch him in the nose. And, you know, great point in saying, hey, Tyler, you're a big guy. You walked into this crowd. You don't have anything to fear, you know, and, you know, and this is what I can use as one of my tools, right? You know, and, uh, and I don't have a lot of fear. Um, But at the same time, even somebody in this stabbing incident that we talked about it doesn't take now i'm, I'm going to probably rush in you know i don't want to sound like a delusional hero or something like that i just i've trained my mind that i can't let something like that happen in the world but just as good is somebody that says something like hey this is wrong hey are you okay you know like is if you can churn that groupthink into something else you know i could tell you a bunch of different stories how I've been bullied in my adulthood and I don't use my fists to solve it. You know, I use my logic. I use my brain. I use my caring heart, my nature to do it. You know, Cliff and I just happen to be, um, not to derail too much, but there's an, I think this makes my point so well. There's a TikTok video that's viral and it's this crazy red haired hillbilly guy with a beard out to here, And he goes in the beginning of the video, he's like, they're trying to make um, uh, Cinderella black. I'm sick of this woke culture, you know? And so you're like, what is this? And then he starts showing videos of all these girls, I'm sorry, Little Mermaid, all these girls, younger African-American girls seeing Little Mermaid and crying. She looks like me, you know? And like at the end of the video, this big redneck looking guy is crying and you're crying with them. And he's like, if you can't feel that, then you're heartless, you know? And so like sometimes... That's why Cliff and I kind of got involved with this too, because you know, like sometimes you're the right person for this message, you know? So especially when it's coming from, don't pop them in the face, you know, let's figure out other ways that you can do this. Cause the guy that's riding the bus that I'm talking about in the bully movie, he's not a pop him in the face guy. It's not even fair. It's not a fair fight, you know? And Cliff will be the first to tell you when you go into the ring, you're similar weights, you're similar skills, you know, these have been matched up, you know? So
3: Yeah, I I will say, uh, I call it fighting to flowing. Life's about flow, not about fight. So I can use my, my mouth, the way I speak, what I'm listening to, my eyes, the way I'm thinking about something. The fist, I will not use outside of the context of a ring. Just won't do it. And I had one of my goofy friends who tried to get me to do it. And, and the thing is, when the ego shows up, people don't care. They're going to do their best to defend their pride. It was me, a friend of mine, and the guy was ready to fight both of us because my friend was egging him on and being stupid. And I said to the guy, I'm like, look, we can all get in an unnecessary fist fight because my friend's being stupid, or I can just buy you a drink and we can celebrate. And the guy, <laughs> he goes you're cool drinks on me (laughs) we just had a good time you know like that's what it's about and and i love like everything comes down to context everything and when i can paint the context like even if a bully's getting ready to bully you ask them hey why are you doing that because i don't like it yeah it actually allows it turns it on them and makes them think like
1: why am i doing this this makes me feel bad yeah
0: looking at things from a um a, a perspective i guess from children's uh, children's perspective and, and in school and i know when i was growing up um mobile phones were just I'm going to tell you my age now but mobile phones were just coming in um for sort of teenagers but there was no, no social media nothing like that and it was very much like you went to school and people picked on you and they called you names and occasionally it got physical, but rarely, I know some people suffered worse than I did. Some people had it easier than I did, but there was, there was a mixture. Now I find it terrifying. Um, I'm worried about my children growing up in a world where you have a beast like social media, where people hide behind a profile and they say awful things and they troll others and you read these heartbreaking stories about children that are so isolated in their bedroom reading these messages and they take their own lives because they can't do it anymore do you think that the way that bullying is changing in that form that is becoming harder to tackle because it's almost behind closed doors you know you talk about that guy in the bar that's you know ready to have a fight he's there you can tackle it up front you can say let's have a drink but behind closed doors where people are suffering and they're too scared how do you think we fight against that
1: oh you guys perfect you know because we're getting to go to a lot of key components you know like the sheepdog thing for me is like one of the biggest things the other thing and you know i'm going to kind of like deflect this slightly but not completely and i'm going to say community is number two right so we need to get a kid and the, the stats around that um we found out through our podcast are astounding you get the kid one friend one little bit of community and it changes everything around the bully topic and i know that uh doesn't tell you exactly on Online, but here's the difference. If you have a community outside of online, then you're not feeding into online as much. And at the same point, these things, those awful, you know, online occurrences, you have somebody to talk to. You have a community involved with you have a place to escape right so if you're into violin you can go to violin camp you know and you can talk to your people there and you have confidence right but now the worst thing to happen is silo right so if you get a kid that's siloed and they're even getting attacked at home not just the bus at home this is extremely dangerous right so it comes to community and not allowing a kid to silo and that is so hard and what what's heartbreaking about the the subject of bullying too is most often it's not just that they're bullied, right? There's usually something at home. I grew up a really poor kid, you know, like, and couldn't afford haircuts. And, you know, I remember one kid walked up to me and say, hey, we donated a t-shirt yesterday. You know, these weren't things that I was being bullied with, but I can really feel the kid that's in poverty right now, that's getting picked on over his, like, bad shoes, bad haircut, you know, that sort of stuff. So not only is he getting this, his world at home isn't amazing, but now his world at school isn't amazing because he's getting bullied. He or she, you know, it's like it's heartbreaking. And if you don't have good people around to notice this, and that's why, and parents aren't always the greatest parents either, right? You know, I'm not. If there's parents listening to this right now and trying to help their kid, they're the right kind, right? Get your kid in a, in the community. I don't care what it is, something they like. I don't care. Get them one friend. That's that's my advice. Do it. You know. Now, if there's uh, a kid right now listening because his parents are luf, drunks, you know, like not around, you know, then my mom didn't even pick me up for my own graduation in eighth grade, you know? So like, I get it, you know, they don't have the same people around them in life. And then I would say, you have to do that, right? You have to go out and you find yourself something you're interested in. And, you know, you have value too, you know, like I know you're going through something rough right now. I tell you adversity, I know it doesn't mean much, but, you know, if you can just get there, then, life can get better once you once you get past it
2: yeah it's amazing it's, isn't and it? i'm gonna
1: cry so i'm gonna let no no no,
2: that's, no no no. <laughs>
1: it's, it's really
2: because one of the things that i so, because again like katie the whole social media thing it's terrifying because i have seen things that i just think how can someone say something like that just so willy-nilly when that will cut deep And i remember seeing something about um I think a big tech guy was asked, you know, what what would would your advice be? And actually it was pretty good advice. And he said, not dissimilar to what you're saying about community, it's give the child enough resources to be themselves, be confident in themselves, to have that resilience that they can say, do you know what? I hear what you're saying, but I'm a strong enough person to know myself well enough that, you know, water off a duck's back, It, it doesn't hurt me as much because I'm comfortable with myself. And it's a really powerful message that, you know, instead of protecting the child, make the child and give them the permission to really be themselves, to explore their values, to be part of that community, to do things that they like. Because then when you really know yourself, even at that young age, it's, people can't tell you otherwise. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. And then seeking out communities that respect you. Right. Mm -hmm. So some people find, you know, their communities in this day and age online. Right. Some people are into something that's kind of different and interesting. And maybe some people think nerdy. And unfortunately, that nerdy thing that's nerdy right now in your younger years, coding things makes you a billionaire. Right. You get picked on it for it now. So, yeah, get online, find some like minded people. And maybe you're not getting picked on it as much. You know, there's two places where cowards dwell. And, uh, in my opinion, and that's online. And the other place oftentimes is why do you people think they're so bad at road rage? Why is road rage so bad? Because you're not accountable. You know, I often laugh about, uh, Cliff used to have this smaller car and the window's really dark. And I'm like, And he'd get road raged nonstop. And I'm like, if they only knew the monster that was behind (laughs) that wheel in there, you know, and it's kind of comical, really, you know? And, uh, and I think online works the same way. I mean, I've had people road rage me and then we end up in the line at the bank together and they're looking at their toes the whole time, you know, it's like, what did that, what did that really do? And, uh, you know, I ran across somebody recently that said anger is a weakness, and you know, like we, you can't fight emotions completely, but you can harness them. You know, and so, uh, so I think that you you have to control that anger, and you know, if somebody's out here that wants to be the bully or wants to be the, you know, the person jamming people on the road for the cars, like settle down a little bit. You're in the most dangerous weapon in the world. You know, so yeah, both of them really. You know, there's um,
3: there's so many variables to to this process and each each kid's going to have to take what works best for them and then you have like okay do i need resources or do i need to be resourceful you know there's those 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 questions that need to be asked so what i would say to start off with is go around something that actually makes you feel good And that is very, very difficult to do because feeling good and numbing the pain are two very different things. But a lot of people numb pain and make things worse. Instead of going around something that makes you feel good and allow you to build a culture of strength. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the game. We want to feel strong. Everybody wants the same thing. And when you can step back and it's going to be kind of difficult, um, I'm, I'm a very aware person and I'm aware because I'm so accepting. I know all the good things I can do. I can also do those bad things too. I become what I practice.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So anyone can practice into their greatness Yeah. and ask themselves the real deep question, what am I practicing right now? Is this serving me right now?
0: talked um earlier i think we both touched on um a really valid point which was asking why um and i think vicky and i have touched on this in the past about um when people are you know have issues with their own self about their own self-confidence their self-image when they're you know put botox and extreme dieting and stuff and it's saying well what is what is the reason for this it's not just because they want to do this deep down why are they trying to achieve that and I think when you when you asked that question you said there must be a deeper reason why people are bullying and Tyler you just um put out two quite powerful messages there to parents listening and children that were being bullied who were listening what message would you put out there for someone listening who was consciously aware that they were picking on someone else
1: You know, this is it's such a good point. And, you know, like it's something we've been wanting to dive into more and more around because we've heard, you know, via other bullied guests about friends that they have that were the actual bully growing up. And I think you have to just treat it like other mistakes that you make it in your youth. So if I'm talking to somebody that's older, you know, then I'm uh, they should regret it if they don't, you know, like ask him to sign a waiver at Cliff and I's gym so we can talk to him. <laughs> so, because you should really regret being a bully, you know, as an adult, you should look back and you should be, um, you know, you should be absolutely horrified with yourself and your actions. And those things we can never, I always say, because I, Cliff and I are like, we're six hours apart. So we're so much different, like the way we, we were born six hours apart from each other. So many similarities, oh but gosh. so many differences at the same time. And uh, like for instance, I if I had a time machine, I'd be pressing that time machine button until it's broken. I'd go back to yesterday. I would like fix some mistake that I made. Cliff is content with life completely. Everything's <laughs> supposed to go this way. You know, this is all part of the journey. You know, like I I'm the complete opposite. So the way I think about mistakes, like I I never forget a mistake. You know, they say forget your mm-hmm. I never forget it, but I try to use it to now make me a better person. And I what I try to say to people is, um, you don't have a time machine, unfortunately. Like I'm working on inventing that. You know, that's why I'm an undergrad <laughs> in science. Um, but uh, until then, all I can do is make my good work of tomorrow, make my mistakes pale in comparison. So if you're the bully that's now an adult and you regret it, just use that regret and do something nice for somebody around this topic maybe, for instance. You know, as a kid that bullying and reaching out you know i think this comes down to kids need to really watch the sheepdog the most the most audience that we talk to is not the bully and it's not the bullied kid as much as the sheepdog cuz that person out there that's popular that's cool that has some confidence that's not the bully this is the most powerful individual on the planet, you know? And, uh, and so they can make the bullying feel not so cool in seconds, right. Or the group, the group can do this, you know, and be the sheepdog as a group. So bullied kids, I, if I had it my way, you know, we would pay, um, teachers more. We'd give them a little bit, uh, in psychology around this subject. Um, I would have the, oh man, I don't know if I want to venture into it, but I would have the gun groups, Paying for some of this stuff to give, you know, like more money, you know, um, to um, these social aware or excuse me, these psychology classes for teachers pay them more because now they're doing more work and have them be aware of what's going on in the classroom and the bully needs to be paid attention to as much as the bullied right both of them do for different reasons the bully. Is having a problem at home too, I swear it, or something's going on with them that they need to talk to somebody. So all too often in the US, this is a huge issue. I try not to approach it too much on our podcast around guns, right? Gun violence is, this is the most deplorable thing that can happen in the bully world, right? Gun violence. And um, we're never going to agree in our country. Around guns. And I don't care what side, and I know it's different in the UK the way you guys see it, but we're never going to agree in our country. There's going to be half the population, roughly, that wants guns and half the population that doesn't want guns. What always gets me is I don't understand why we can't work in the areas where we all agree. I don't care what side of the gun issue you're on. Mm -hmm. We all should love kids. Let's work there. You know, like gun manufacturers, why don't, you know, instead of fighting, with them up here, do some improving, right? Put some money into these programs that I'm talking about. Let's get a psychologist in schools, you know. So let's let's start things at the root cause. And I'm sorry that kind of derailed everything and going away, but I think all those are key components to try to make change.
0: No, I think it's actually really interesting, and I know we talked about it very briefly in our pre-chat, and I almost feel like we could do a whole other podcast purely on talking about gun crime. And things that are happening in the states because obviously we don't have that over here but we sit here and we look across the water and we go why don't they just ban them um yeah. and it seems so simple to us <laughs> yeah. but I know you guys have got like you said half the want them half the don't um yeah. you know in terms of um I've completely lost my train of thought oh yeah <laughs> um bullying can have such a profound impact on someone's mental health and I think like you talked about the gun crime and the gun culture. And I think you see so many stories and you hear about a child that's been bullied and they go into a school with an air rifle and they kill a load of kids because they were isolated and they were bullied at home or whatever. It has such a huge impact. And those who have experienced or are experiencing bully bullying right now, it can be so isolating. What advice do you give i mean cliff i know you've been through it what advice do you give to people when you're talking about it
3: um the advice i give is people are so beautiful now there's a saying we fix problems and every time you fix a problem another problem comes in its place uh what about dissolving the problem and so i ask all of you a question real quick uh, what's the longest relationship you've been in with somebody? Uh, six years. Six years?
2: Nay, nee, probably 16 years, actually. Yeah. Crazy. Whoa, 16, 16 years. I... Okay. You get less for manslaughter in this country.
1: Tyler? <laughs> oh, man, you're going to do that to me. <laughs> I'm going to do it to you, brother. Uh, five years.
3: Five years. So, so mine's 17 and it's not this, a year is a year, right? They go so fast, but we, we have that litmus test of we've been with someone for a certain amount of time. Have you ever said something to that person that you regret?
0: Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. Do they ever point that regret out to you? Yes. How does it make you feel? Graphic. time machine,
0: time <laughs> machine. <All right. laughs> Elon Musk look out
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> and and so i'll i'll say this like so these are our little regrets right now i have my own regrets as well and what we do we we hold on to all these regrets and then we have people reminding us of our regrets so they get even heavier and we hold these anchors and we think we're living the life that we need to be living, but we're anchored down. This is the bullied and the bully. See, we look at the thing and we go, that's not right. Well, then what is? Life is just life. It's a series of occurrences. So if I'm running from a lion, people telling me, that's not right, Cliff shouldn't be running from the lion right now, doesn't defeat the fact that I'm running from the lion. And if I'm looking for fairness, I'm probably gonna get eaten because I'm not taking the thing that I need to take, which is action. The most powerful action we have been given, it's, it's in biblical teachings. And this isn't whether you're religious or not, because we all know it to be true. When you love in an unconditional, unintentional way, like I'm loving you just to love you, not like I need to get this in order to love you. Cause that's, that's conditioned love. That's, that's not unconditional. But when you love in an unconditional way, you literally open up a new heart space for you and for them. It's the hardest thing to do. It is not easy. Because we love with condition without even realizing that we do it. But when you can do that, I don't get bullied. I don't. People love me and tell me their deepest, darkest secrets. And I'm not saying I'm special because I think anybody can do it. I really think it's just a skill set that, that I've acquired because I wanted to be heard so much. And the way I got heard was by listening to other people. Sometimes we look at the problem the wrong way.
2: You have literally just blown my world. <laughs> just, yeah, that that's really powerful. You, thank yeah. you. Yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, that was literally my last therapy session. Exactly what you just said there <laughs> about that loving unconditionally. That was what we talked about. That so is- you could have had it for free. You've been paying for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clifford, I'm going to give you the number, okay? (laughs) Um, I'm totally aware we are pushing time now. And what we usually do at the end of these episodes is we ask our guests um, for a final sip, we call it. And it's basically a chance for you to give your last words, any last bits of advice. Um, Obviously, we're going to put all the the links to your podcast and to individual pages that you might have. But this is now your chance to say something, anything that you would like to to our readers about uh, readers, our listeners about the topic or anything that's come up in this episode. So, Tyler, let's let's go with you.
1: So one thing is I try to be really accessible in life, uh, no matter how busy I get. And so if you are a bullied kid out there or a parent that um, I can help, I am not the absolute expert, but I have immersed in this topic. I feel like I have a little bit of insight on it. I'm always glad to help or direct you to people that are like even better than me at it. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, like we're approaching um, season two of Bully. This, we actually asked our audience if they'd like us to come back, and we've had an overwhelming support that asked us to come back. Um, we've got some amazing guests that are coming out of the word work and saying, Hey, can we be on the show? So we'll start filming at the end of this month. Um, the first episode, and you can expect it out later on this year. So that's season two. Um, I have a new podcast. I don't even know if Cliff knows about (laughs) this, um, that, uh, is coming out. Well, excuse me. So I leave to Cambodia on the 4th, um, and our podcast is called Redefining Heroes. And so we travel around the world. We look for true heroes of the world, and we interview them. Um, And so the topic um, in Cambodia is... And and my hypothesis is if we can start looking at better people in the world as heroes, we become a better world. And so um, our our incredible hero was uh, somebody that was in Hollywood, Um, worked as the president of Fox, um, studios, uh, was involved with X-Men, Braveheart, Titanic, unbelievable man, you know, worked from nothing, high school dropout, um, worked his way up. He's dealing with all the celebrities has a million dollar house, you know, cars, all that stuff gives it all up to start a refuge in Cambodia. And that's where he's Uh at right now. So we go over there to interview him in the hopes of bringing awareness to his cause and then I'll also show the world that these are right heroes. Um, on top of that, uh, I do business consulting right now um, after after having sold my last business in a little bit of free time. So if you struggle with business, I do that for free if you're about to lose your business. Um, I will do that for the foreseeable future as long as I can. So oh anyway, I can help you guys. Um, <laughs> please reach out. I do. I try to do... This is what I have to give to the world right now. So I try to do it.
2: How many wow. Superman capes do you have?
3: Because
2: yeah.
1: Wow. in every color. Yeah, in
2: every color. And Cliff, what's your final sip?
3: Um, thank you for having us on. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Uh, appreciate every opportunity I get to experience life at at the deepest and richest level. And if you're a leader, and a leader just means... Willing to take in action. That's it. Uh, reach out. Let's have a conversation. Because I know how capable people are. And I like making dreams realities. So let's absolutely crush 2023 and have fun on the journey. Oh my
0: God, absolutely. I love- and oh, I didn't yeah. say
1: <laughs> thank you. And thank you guys so much. It's been an absolute honor to be on.
2: Oh, oh thank no. Thank you. you for coming on. Yeah, we've been really super excited about this.
0: I know I kind of feel like we could keep chatting like yeah. and do like another episode but yeah this is too much I kind of feel like I need to spend some time with Cliff anyway just to find out what some of the moves are in MMA because I looked at your, uh, <laughs> your I looked at your record and it's the tea in about... their face
3: and then tackle them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no
0: it seems like a like, uh, rear naked choke I was like what What is going on (laughs)
2: I've not been
0: immersed in this and I feel like I need to be so yeah (laughs) but thank you guys so much for your time we really appreciate you both taking the time out of the middle of your days um over there to uh to chat to us and, and to get involved and like Vicky said we will put all the links to your podcast on our page um so people can get in touch with you as well and guys um, anyone listening if you have enjoyed what you've heard today and you want to support us a little bit more please check out our page on our website where you can buy us a coffee or a tea or possibly a tequila whatever takes your fancy Um, we will take anything and everything and please check out the back catalogue of all of our our episodes and if you have a topic you want covered or a guest please let us know but thanks so much everyone thanks for listening Uh, thank you guys enjoy the rest of your day and we will speak to you very soon take care take care everybody
1: yeah thank you